this is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolf, an Aussie escort and total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 18. In this time of social distancing, some singles are starting to feel pretty darn frustrated. Sex and intimacy are basic human needs, but how can we get those needs met when we're stuck at home? Jenna Love is here to help explain how sex workers are coming to the rescue and give us some tips for engaging the online services of a sex professional. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is adults only. And with that said, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. Are you single and living alone during the coronavirus pandemic? Are you starting to feel hashtag lockdown thirsty? Throughout the ages, sex workers have always been there for folks who know what they need and aren't afraid to pay for it. And now that we're socially isolated, can we still access sexy services? The answer is definitely yes. Today I'm talking with an incredible guest, escort, writer and vlogger Jenna Love. She's here to have a really open and honest conversation about the industry so you can explore your options for connecting with the pros online and getting your needs met. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for talking. I've been so excited about this because I've been following you on Twitter for like years. Oh, I've been following you on Twitter for years. <laughs> uh, just kind of a fangirl moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, I've been really looking forward to this. It's uh, it's pretty telling that every time I post a question on Twitter about sex work, one of my clients or one of my followers goes, oh, Jenna did a blog about that. Uh, <laughs> um, so I kind of feel like you're a great person to talk about this stuff. But do you want to t- t- tell us a bit about yourself, like who you are and what you do and about your your work and your, um, you know, your blogging and yeah, blogging sure. and talking about sex work as well? Yeah, um, that's really cool feedback. That's so nice to hear. Hmm. Um, I do. Yeah, I'm somebody who, in terms of uh, blogging and vlogging, like I've kind of always got something to say. I'm never short of words, uh, which can be a negative. But um, I've decided to to use it for what it is. I'm not saying a negative. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I mean. It is something, as I said, I've always got something to say and I think I was quite nervous talking about the sex industry for a long time mm-hmm. um, and you may have experienced this as well because it's such oh, a sensitive God, yes. area. Yeah, so sensitive, so many individual experiences and um, so I, was, I, I, I kind of was quite nervous opening up at first only because I didn't want to be kind of, you know, talking over more important voices or, Aww. you know, just, uh, yeah, all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a and- minefield. How long were you working in the sex industry before you start, decided to start talking about it publicly? Um, probably a good five to six years. So wow, that's great. Uh, yeah, well, I and I I worked. I've been working for about eight years now, um, and for five of that, it was I was just a full service sex worker. So full service meaning um, that I have sex with my clients. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that was so mainly working independently, worked in a couple of brothels as well. And then I started, so for the last three years, I've been making my own porn and selling it or adult content creator is uh, the fancy way of putting it. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. 
But um, I like to call it what it is. Um, and, yeah, it actually the, – the way I started talking about sex was because – I was actually on tour in Melbourne, which I love. So I'll have to see you next time I'm there. You get extra points allowed. for saying Melbourne's great. It is. I love it. And all the all my favourite people are there too. So you can be added to that list. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I was in Melbourne and it had kind of occurred to me how important the voice is in attraction for me personally. It's sort of the first thing I notice in somebody and, and it's just a really important factor in uh, yeah attraction. And totally. I, yeah. And I sort of went, wait a minute, at this point, all my clients, all my potential clients have seen is photographs of me. Um, and they haven't seen me like animated and moving. And I personally, it's one dimensional. It's so one dimensional. And I personally think that everyone looks more attractive uh, when they're moving, because we're human beings, you know, when we're still, I don't think that really captures a human. So I and was three like, dimensions, you know, that's three, it. three dimensionality is important. Absolutely. And as, as you would, you would know the sex industry, um, you know, I think a lot of people from the outside maybe think it's about orgasms, but it's about humans. It's all about human connection. So mm-hmm. I think that's so valuable. So I went, you know, what, I'm going to, I'm going to post a little video on Twitter. And I think it was, it was under a minute and it was this little video where I, the content was basically nothing. I was like, hi, this is what my voice sounds like. <laughs> it was, you know, that's, oh, that's all it was basically. I bet they loved it though. And that was it. It was huge. Every client that came to see me afterwards was like, oh, I loved your video. And I had people that came to see me because they'd seen the video and that sort of showed them that I was a person, not just this half-assed model, you know. (laughs) And the way someone talks too is just really important to Mm. know whether you're attracted to them, the way they move and talk and the way they carry themselves and their facial expression, all that stuff. When you want to connect with someone, it's just so important. Massively. So it really just started as as a marketing thing because I wanted people to get a sense of what it might be like when they saw me in person. And then the response was so overwhelmingly positive um, that I kind of just kept doing it. I um, And I used to, back in the day, I had a YouTube channel where I talked about beauty stuff and I did vlogging. Um, the kids now are calling it influencer. Uh, but back in the day, I was just a YouTuber. <laughs> I thought we don't. I thought influencer is out now. We don't use that word oh, anymore. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's probably gone. I can't keep yeah, up yeah, with the Yeah, it's kids. really passe. I, I don't know what they call themselves now. I need to do some more okay, research. my bad. <laughs> well, I'm well before that, but I, I had a YouTube channel with, with a, a smallish but really kind of dedicated following and. And, um, and I vlogged and I talked on camera um, nonstop. So it actually just came really naturally to me. And as I said, I'm opinionated. I've got lots to say. So I kind of just couldn't, once I'd opened that, I couldn't uh, close it. And I just kept talking. Fantastic. It's out. It's out there. Once you put yourself out yeah. there, you're out there. And then you just you're get out. to be yourself out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is incredibly liberating and, and I understand a privilege as well because, of course, not everyone can be so out there. Um, but no, it's so important to me. But when we me. are, we can talk about some of the stuff um, that's really important, yeah. um, like like this sort of stuff and this situation we're in at the moment. And I guess mm. the reason that I was so keen to have you on right now is because I know that a lot of people um, have just been getting super sexually frustrated, like single mm. people in the middle of the pandemic stuff because we haven't been able to leave our houses or like when we can, we're not allowed to hang out with people we don't know. Mm. Um, and like this whole thing of, you know, hooking up on Tinder on the weekend is just out the fucking window. And it's yeah. been really depressing and really like lonely mm. and really frustrating. Yeah, um, there's so a really I- serious kind of mental health component to it. 
Totally. Like if, if one of our ways of connecting with other people is meeting new people that we might one day bang and hanging out with them and having fun and maybe mm. banging them, if that's part of our life. And, yeah. you know, sometimes that's a really important part. Yeah, it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like I'm kind of curious, have you noticed um, any difference uh, either with your clients, have they, they given you any feedback about how, how they're coping, not being able to actually meet up with you in person? Um, or will, have they been meeting you with, in, with, with you in person? What's the situation for you guys in New South Wales? Yeah, so uh, New South Wales is uh, interesting. Um, so, of course, the, the sex industry is governed. The different states and territories make up their own rules, essentially. So About sex work. It, yeah, about sex work, yeah. And we should probably so, stop here and actually say what sex work actually is because I'm aware that for some people they might not be aware of the full breadth of, mm-hmm. of what sex work is. And I have a quick definition for that that you may or may not, not agree with. Go for it. Um, so my definition of sex work is it's basically exchanging any sexual services or sexy services for payment. So people think about like escorts and like brothels and things, but it also includes things like making porn, like camming, which we'll get to, uh, like being a dominatrix where you might not actually be having sex with anyone, but it's still sexual. Mm-hmm. Stripping. In some way. Stripping, totally. Well, you might not even be having physical contact, but it's about that sexy sexual connection. Mm. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I'd agree with that, absolutely. Yeah, excellent. And and various different types of sex work are, are legalised or decriminalised mm. or not at all, depending on the state. So in some states, escorting is fine. In some mm-hmm. states, it's not. In some states, brothels are okay and some they're not. So it gets a bit confusing. Yeah. And up until now... In New South Wales, you have like decrim, don't you? Which means yes. that sex work yeah. is essentially fine. Yeah, so, yeah. I think it's not technically full decriminalisation, but it's it's they call it decrim. They say that it's okay. it's decrim. I think because uh, it decrim light. Yeah, decrim light exactly. So generally, um, for those of us who are Australian citizens, at least it's it's decrim. I think that's yeah. Thanks for pointing out that distinction. The devil is in the details when it comes to this mm, shit. Yes. And I, I mean, I'm not all across, I'm, you know, I'm no lawyer, but it's, yeah, there's some, there's some murky stuff there, but generally yeah, what I do in New South Wales is, is legal, is, is perfectly acceptable. And throughout the, uh, the pandemic, the states and territories have reacted differently. Um, and New South Wales has, uh, they have shut down brothels and strip clubs, but for independent sex workers, we've, uh, we've not been mentioned at all there's there's sort of been nothing said Mm. because we're obviously um a lot of states have shut down all forms of in-person sex work and certainly victoria um said that doing escorting was out and obviously brothels have all been closed down and uh, now they're they're proving quite reticent about opening up again. Oh, like yes. they're not being they're not being yes. really clear about when we can actually start working, which is really no. fucking stressful. They're being very I, clear you know, about when you can't, but uh, yeah, there's not much yeah. information on the possibility of when you will be able to, which is really upsetting. And it's kind uh, of bullshit. It's massively bullshit. <laughs> when your when your friend down the road who's a massage therapist can get their hands all over someone mm. for an hour legally, yeah. but you're not allowed yeah. to do in person sex work when you're getting yeah. so, you know the same distance essentially away Absolutely. from someone. Yeah, it's like, dude, what the fuck? So I'm a bit pissed, but I did I didn't know that New South Wales hadn't hadn't shut you guys down. So that's well, like kind yeah. of interesting. They, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's sex work either gets shut down or they just try to pretend it doesn't exist. Or forgotten. And I, th- I think yeah, and I think that's the case here i think it's more that they've just 
completely ignored independent sex workers. So most of my friends um, in New South Wales have stopped working face-to-face anyway. Anyway. Um, If they're able to, obviously some people haven't uh you know had the privilege to be able to stop um and then some have sort of uh, reduced to just one client a week or something like that um to stay safer yeah exactly and Mm. they're doing their own kind of risk management depends on their financial situation and their family situation and it's just yeah it's all so murky um and I also know that a lot of people have been moving online so I know a lot of sex workers that have temporarily shut down their in-person services mm. so they're not going out to hotels they're not seeing people at in calls in states Mm -hmm. where that's allowed but they are starting up um accounts to put out like to make porn or to sell um sexy pictures and stuff like that yeah to make a bit of extra you know revenue because damn like not being able to do those in-person sessions that's a Mm. big chunk of your income just massively right yeah yeah um so yeah i haven't worked in person for almost bang on two months now Mm -hmm. and um it's uh, I've worked out it's about the in-person work I do is maybe 75 to 80 percent of my income so it is a um a big Ouch. hit yeah and I think that would be the case for a lot of people I yeah. as far as I know the people who do online sex work there's not many pre-pandemic who are doing that full-time and no other work it's quite right. um I, yeah I think it's as far as I know quite difficult to kind of have a full-time income from the online stuff um So, yeah, it was a a big cut. I actually was in probably – it was probably the best timing possible for me um, because pretty much the week that the pandemic really – that it really came to Australia, I was – I went in for an operation which was going to take me out of work for six weeks. Oh, wow. So – uh, and I actually have to have three operations this year and the total I had to have 13 to 14 weeks off work. So oh, when dude, I found that, that sucks. out, yeah, it does. <laughs> but I found that out in December. I was gutted. I was very stressed. Um, and But then I put a plan into place and I ramped up my porn production, whereas that had kind of always been a bit of a, a hobby for me, a bit of a side hustle, something I enjoyed because I'm a bit mm-hmm. of an exhibitionist. Um, I went, okay, I'm going to have to keep that income coming in while I can't work in person. Um, right. And then so then, you know, the pandemic hit and I watched all of my friends, you know, really suffer from both the financial hit and um, just the the nightmare that it is staying at home for for days on end, especially those who live in really apartments and bad live on their own. Mental health, yeah, yeah, massively. And and I was going through the same thing, but I had already mentally prepared for it. And I sort of thought, mm. shit, this I'm actually in one of the best situations here because I already knew I wouldn't be able to work during this time. Um, and I had, you know, pre-filmed a whole bunch of porn, scheduled a bunch of stuff. So I was kind of as as good as it could be for me, really. Such lucky timing mm, that you had all that lucky. preparation. Whereas I think yeah. for a lot of us, we suddenly feel like we've been thrown in the deep end. And I've exactly. had, you know, I've had people saying, oh, you know, my girlfriend wants to start camming. Can you give some advice on mm. setup? I'm also a photographer, yep. so I do a lot of like lighting and stuff like that and sound Mm. and and you know can you give us a hand with the with the equipment and just Mm. really in panic mode trying to find some way to still keep an income yeah yeah well that Um, we've always said that the sex industry is recession proof which is true but it's not pandemic proof it's not pandemic 
proof. And this has been a, such yeah. a hard lesson to learn. Like yeah. I always thought that sex work was my fallback. Like you know, yeah. if I if I did if I had other jobs within on the ground, or if I felt like I could always just go back to sex work all the time, mm. no matter what I was doing. But clearly, yeah. that's not always the case. Yeah, absolutely. And I, as you said, it has been a scramble. And that's you know, there's so much uncertainty and fear, and and for, you know, with good reason. There's a lot of people who do in-person sex work who aren't comfortable doing online sex work. Totally, you know? for a whole load of reasons. And so it's sort of making that decision very quickly. It's yeah. So I, I am lucky, and I've been able to kind of sit back and and watch how it's been uh, for other people and and try to help them. And I think that's why I have been kind of vocally talking about this subject because um, because yeah, I'm I'm in a slightly mm. sort of better position. But I hadn't done so I'd ramped up all the porn stuff, but I hadn't done any of the uh, like virtual sex work services until the last two months like what sort of stuff so you used to used to create your own porn and was that like solo or with other performers Uh, a bit of both I'm lucky enough I live with my husband so I've kind of got an on-hand uh stunt dick essentially yeah which is very handy very very handy I do solo stuff um and I have filmed with fellow sex workers as well um yeah so um, the, probably the bulk of it is is with my partners, um, mostly with my husband because we live together, and obviously and that's easy. the only yeah it's easy exactly. Um, so I've always sort of done that, and I'm continuing doing that. But what I've now started offering because this so I, I had planned to have that six weeks off, but I so that that's all well and good. But then I also prepared. I thought that once that had ended, that I would go hard out back into work, making up for that lost income. I'd be touring. Yeah. I'd be you know. So I was kind of so I, I still had that process of okay. Well, I need to I need to bring in some more money. So oh, now there's I no do. touring going on here. No, the, no. the touring ain't happening. And that's and for a lot of us, I mean. Oh most of my income comes from touring that's my oh, that's my no. money maker um so yeah it's uh i went okay had to cancel tours and i'm just oh i'm a big scheduler so that just makes me ugh, i don't oh, like so it upsetting, anyway. right having to yes. cancel plans yes yep. yeah but you know i mean everyone in the world's been through that in the last couple of months haven't we that's just <laughs> we can we've relate. all cancelled everything yeah <laughs> so you, you had all the you had the porn stuff and you'd been working mm. on putting that together and then yep. you talked about virtual services yes. as well and what kind of stuff does that involve so um look there's all sorts of different things that you can do what i've come up with is uh offering video calls so that's like a one-on it's sort of like one-on-one camp Mm -hmm. um where I offer like a 15 minute a half hour an hour and we use like Skype or Zoom or whatever Mm -hmm. um and it's usually quite visually graphic um and I found like connecting with someone and then asking Mm -hmm. what they want to see or what they're into and then sort of coming up with something together or having basically like video phone sex yeah yeah it it almost it's similar to a booking in that we we say hi we have a little there's a little bit of small talk um we sort of get to know a little bit about each other then we might start taking our clothes off sometimes I'm the only one you know getting naked and sort of performing sometimes they're doing an equal amount Mm -hmm. um sometimes they're just watching and um and then maybe we'll have some orgasms a little bit more chat you know depending on the amount of time Mm. we have but it is almost just like uh what I'm used to with in-person bookings and I've been surprised how um how enjoyable and how much connection you can feel uh doing it that way 
This is kind of cool because I think a lot of people who haven't seen sex workers before assume that in-person sex work is just about the sex. You turn up Mm. and then you start banging them and then you go home. Mm. But actually it's very Mm. much about hanging out and talking and getting comfortable with someone and getting to know someone. And it sounds like online maybe might not be that different. Yeah, that's what I'm discovering. And I like if if six months ago, I I'd always had people ask if I would do Skype calls and stuff, particularly people overseas who obviously can't see me in person. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, no, what's the point? I didn't. I really didn't see the value in it. Um, and I've learnt that I was very wrong because, yeah, you, it's uh, good. Like, it can still be good. Mm, because I like I got into the sex industry partly because I love human connection and touch and that's right I think that's in, a lot of sex workers have that in common um so I sort of thought well, what would be the point in doing it from a distance you know um but it's actually particularly in a time like this really I found it really satisfying especially to be able to see my regulars people who I've known for a long time mm. um to be able to actually see them and and connect in that way it's not the same um, but I've been surprised at how how nice and kind of heartwarming and fulfilling it has been. There's a lot more there than just an email. You're still getting a lot of verbal, nonverbal stuff mm. and you're seeing someone and you're interacting with them in real time. Like that definitely counts mm. for something. Yeah. Yeah. And, of definitely. course, everyone's different. So like, I'm a really visual person so I mm. love sexting um, and I like video chat. Mm-hmm. Um, but every every different way of interacting online habits has its different flavour, right? Some people mm. might prefer to write each other sexy sexy emails yeah, or texts. Yeah. Some people might prefer to talk on the phone. Mm. Um, but if you're a visual person like me, you prefer to see someone and see yes. their yeah. facial expression and see their eyes and see their, you know, their bits of yeah, all that absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that's so another thing I, I offer is sexting. Um which is so we're just uh, we're not on a video call we're we're texting what we're thinking and what we're wearing and whatever I usually send some photos and short little videos I always try to send just at least one short video where I say their Aww. name so they know that it's in real time yeah you're um, not just so you know copy I'm not just pasting. sending off oh, exactly and that I've, would suck I've, yeah well I realized very quickly when I started offering those that that is a fear of a lot of clients in that area that they mm. they've a lot of them said to me oh will you be you know will you be playing with yourself or, or will you be um will the photos be taken at the time um and I can't I mean I'm I'm just ridiculously uh it's so easy to turn me on there's no way I could be receiving sexy messages and just watching tv like I yeah so you're in the moment (laughs) I I was like no no like I set aside the time I sit down I get in I lie down in bed and I you know go for it but that's something that for those people obviously the the text the words or reading and writing the words um perhaps is more exciting to them than the video or, or maybe they're not comfortable you know, doing a video feels a bit too full on for them or whatever. Yeah, Um, or having their faces being face out is hard for some clients too. Yeah, definitely, and for workers. So, yeah, the – they're two kind of common ones, but I've also been offering um, virtual girlfriend packages. Oh, tell me about this. This sounds cool. Mm, yeah, so there's – it's not very sexual. There's maybe a little bit of flirting and stuff, but it's more of a uh, – they can either buy it for like for the day or for the week um, or just for the afternoon. 
And it's sort of like you get a, a text in the morning saying, good morning, what are you up oh. to? Um, you know, we, we check in throughout the day. We say, oh, I'm doing this now. What have you been watching on Netflix? Maybe some photos of me with my cat. You oh know, oh, I'm doing the laundry. Like it's very much, it's it's the companionship factor. I think I want this. <laughs> <laughs> I live alone. And, yeah, well, there you go. You know, maybe I want someone to be mm. like, hey, here's a picture of me with my cat. I'm thinking of you. I do get that actually from from my partners a little yeah. too but yeah like the more the better Jesus. yeah absolutely yeah and so it can be quite um yeah I found that that I don't know whether that would have the same value in a pre-post pandemic world um mm. but at the moment certainly with the um with yeah people who are who are living on their own and can't go out to see friends yeah that's been quite and I, I've really enjoyed it too because I'm kind of just getting to know these people and seeing pictures of their really cool. dogs yeah. and cats and hearing what they're doing during exactly. the day, all that lovely yeah. little stuff, you know. Yeah. One of my uh, clients, I went for, he's actually a, a regular client of mine, so he's he's actually he comes to my house because I um, am able to offer in-calls where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows where I live. And I was going for a walk. I went for an hour's walk and I basically gave him a little virtual tour of the neighbourhood and took little photos of funny signs written in the, uh, in the cement and like just that sort of thing. And I was like, just going to show you around my quaint little mountains town. <laughs> that is so cool. Like I'm, I w- like I'd like to pay you for that. I'm feeling really jealous <laughs> right, right now. Let's getting do FOMO. It. <laughs> let's do this. I want to see your quaint mountain town, and that's not a oh, euphemism. It's a <laughs> <laughs> that's classic oh my goodness I'm start advertising with that <laughs> quaint mountain town inverted yeah. commas yeah um and then the one that's really surprised me that's probably one of the most popular things has been dick ratings <gasps> tell me about this because someone asked me to send someone asked me the other day on twitter yeah. they sent me a dm and said can i send you a picture of my dick yeah yeah um because i'd like to know what you think and of course my reply was yes but this is how much it's going to cost you because yeah. i don't look at dick for nothing sorry no hell no um and then he never got back to me and i was very disappointed oh, rude rude how does it go for you yeah so I, I sort of thought no i'd seen somebody advertising and i went oh yeah i'll do that we all get you know, unsolicited dick pics every day. I figured I right. might as well charge for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't think anyone would take me up on it. Um, and so I do a couple, I've I've got like a text rating where I just send back a paragraph and a rating out of 10. Um, and, and how honest do you get? Like are they looking for co- dick compliments or dick shaming or an honor, actual honest dick review? So I, I charge a bit extra if they want uh, small penis humiliation, SPH. Mm-hmm. Because that's totally a fetish, just for all you guys out there that may not be familiar with this particular thing. Yeah, it definitely is, and it's sort of a yeah humiliation, degrading sort of world. But I'm not naturally dumb, so it's mm-hmm. something that re- it requires a, a bit of extra for me. So I personally um, charge extra for that. Um, but I've asked. But aside from that, I've said to almost all of them, I've said now. Uh, I can be completely honest or I can do this as like a, a cock worship kind of thing where I'm, you know, overly complimentary. Mm. And every and both single are lovely. one. Absolutely. But every single one has asked for honesty. And oh, I think that's great. that they are looking, they're, they're genuinely looking for, I think, I think it's, uh, I come across as some kind of authority on dicks. <laughs> Well, you know, sex workers, you know, after a certain number of years, you become an authority on dicks. Exactly. I think it's just somebody who's seen a lot of dicks, they kind of want to know. I assume it comes from a place of just wanting to know that it's okay. 
This is something you're not going to get from your partners too because, you know, it's very hard to trust the people you're shagging. Like when Mm. you say, hey, does my butt look big in these jeans or, hey, is my dick big enough? It's hard to get an honest answer because they're so afraid of your reaction. That's a loaded question. Yep. It even goes the other way. Like I've dated people who said, hey, is my dick big enough? I'm like, are you kidding? It's fucking monstrous. And they're like, no, you're just just saying that. Yeah. Uh, And then I'm like, well, if you're not going to believe what I ask you, why the fuck ask me in the first place? Like, And it gets really, you know, angsty. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I mean, I think we've all had that in bookings. I've sort of been shocked by a penis and gone, oh, my God, that is giant. And um, they've been like, oh, you have to say that. I'm like, no. Oh, fuck off. I hate it when people reject my compliments. I know. And it's not even a compliment. I'm telling you that my cervix is going to have an issue <laughs> like, oh, oh i you see know. you're just like have we got a problem here <laughs> knocked my microphone yeah i'm just and i'm also letting you know because a lot of these guys don't know that they uh need a different condom so, yeah this is true know, and there's actually really facts I don't know if you've listened back this far in the podcast episodes, but there is a very entertaining slash distressing story about a friend of mine who for years couldn't get an erection because he just didn't realise that he needed a large size condom. And it was a very sad story, but funny now. I haven't heard that, but, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all because if they're Mm. too tight... They're, yeah, I've seen the that with a number. Yeah. In there. Mm-hmm. So, so this is yeah. all things we need to know. Okay, yeah. so so you're covering sexy stuff. You're mm. covering in person. Uh, sorry, not in person type virtual girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, connecty type stuff. And you're also just like doing like full on like sex educator, like yeah. dick, dick feedback, which is fucking dick great. Feedback. I didn't even know that dick feedback I know. was a thing. And one that I've really enjoyed, I've, uh, I charge for a video reaction and rating. So <gasps> they pay for it up front. They send me, I ask them to send it in the form of an email. They can send photos and or videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, videos are quite fun. And then I, I so I don't open the email until I click record. Then I uh, I open up the email. They get my live kind of reaction to it, um, oh. and I kind of talk about what I'm seeing, and um, and then yeah, kind of give them a rating and tell them what I think. Which, oh my um, god! Yeah, it's really fun. So you, they're usually sort of between two and five minutes, depending on how much stuff they've sent me to go through. Um, and they've just got a little video, and then that I've done a few small penis humiliations in that uh, in the video format as well. That's been popular too. I kind of feel like next time I get a new frock or something, I want to send mm. you a picture of my butt and pay you to rate, yes. rate it honestly, you know. A, a butt <laughs> rating. I could do all sorts of ratings. Right. Everyone needs an unbiased third party. Mm. Yeah. Asking your mean, friends is not always useful. No. And, I mean, obviously I always, um, I'm honest, but I'm also uh, polite and tactful, of course, you know. Um, and mm. Respectful. And, you know, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I, I'm so, I was nervous about it at first because I'm so against any kind of body shaming and, you know, I think and we understand that everyone comes in different shapes and sizes and, yeah. and there's no such thing as normal, all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I certainly, and, and I'm aware that yeah, I think we all know that, you know, one sentence can stick in someone's head for 20 years. So right. I, I never, obviously, you know, I'm tactful. I never want to say something that's going to make that person never want to take their clothes off in front of anyone again. You know, this is why I'd struggle to do dick shaming and humiliation mm, in mm. general. I find pretty edgy in terms of kink play because I'm just afraid that I'm, I'm, I'm quite good at finding people's weak spots and I'm quite afraid Mm -hmm. that I would hit something really traumatic for them and that it would stick with them and and that it would cause problems. Even if they'd given me permission to do it, obviously I would never humiliate someone if they hadn't given permission because that's, that's asshole behavior. That's not, you know, 
like just accidentally triggering someone even then yeah. I feel so bad for putting them down yeah it's something that's it's and that's something actually that I've a kind of positive that's come out of all this uh, pandemic business for me has been that in order to try to make as much money as I can I've I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone and I have done a lot more dominant kind of things and more humiliation and stuff which mm-hmm. is always uh, I've always had a demand for that from potential clients, um, but it's just something that I really have a hard time with and I've really got to get myself in the right headspace, do a it's little tricky. bit of research. Yeah. I Online often... domination has been a thing for a long time. Mm, yeah. And I, I, some people might not be aware too. I wasn't aware when I first heard of it that that people will pay to be humiliated um, online or to be sent like instructions from their mm. dom or dominatrix via email, things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Super there's, popular. It's, it's yeah, it is. There's there's and there's quite a, a large need for it. So um, I thought, okay, well, I'll I'll tap into that and you know, how it's, did it go? Um, yeah, good. There's been some stuff that I've kind of enjoyed and I've found myself kind of getting into it, getting to a bit of a groove. Like at first, I literally googled like how to do small penis humiliation. Like I literally had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I took some notes. I wrote down some phrases so that I could kind of always come back to those phrases. Right. Um, yeah, and now I, I sort of could I could improvise it myself because I'm more comfortable with it. So I'm glad that I've I've learned something, but it's still not in my not in my natural kind of nature. So but, you're yeah. like a you're like a dick humiliation freestyler. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll be rapping about dicks in no time. Oh my god! Well, there is actually there's there's a bit of that around. Um, yeah, but oh. it's so fucking cool. You should put that on a business card or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Done. <laughs> Beautiful. So I'm kind of feeling like, geez, there are so many options online. Mm. Like so many more than people might automatically assume. Like we talk about consuming porn, and people think about going to a shit heap like say Pornhub, for example, mm-hmm. or going uh going in finding someone for camming for example or going on like chatterbait which is yep. where you find a lot of cam models and then pay yep. and then tipping them to do stuff for you but actually when it comes to connecting with sex workers there's so many more options and a so lot of them are just straight to the worker right rather than going yes. through a specific platform yeah definitely um and uh, so i i think i think the way to approach I think the way to approach it is, I mean, you certainly can go on to Chatterbait or go on to um, a third-party platform and search around for people that are on there. That's totally an yeah. option. Yeah. Um, but I think that the approach, certainly a lot of the clients that I have, the way they're doing it is sort of looking for the person they're interested in and then going and seeing what that person has to offer and what sites they're using and then selecting from that. From there. So going on, say, Twitter and mm-hmm. following a lot of workers or going on an yeah. escort advertising site and yes. looking around and seeing for people uh seeing looking for people that say they offer online services yes. too and i know that since the pandemic a lot of sites like trist.link mm-hmm. and that sort of thing have started yep. to add options where you can search for online services yeah i think even uh locanto i've not uh used no it way. for this but i think that they bought out a, a little while ago they were fairly quick on it bought out a, a section for that as well 
so cool and mm. then you can find that person and do a bit of research and this is yep. where we get back to you know the regular advice I always give about wanting to see a sex worker for the first time uh, look around so you know what's around find someone new that looks interesting but before you contact them do your research look at their website look at their etiquette page so that you know what they expect from you and how they want to be contacted treat it like booking a bloody back massage or or whatever mm. like send a polite email saying hey this is what I'm looking for yeah, um, exactly the something same. you can do, you know, same yeah. shit, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, yeah, and I think that's really important because uh, particularly at this time where we're in a really tricky place, we've sort of got all this return to work going on. Some people don't know whether they're allowed to work. Some people aren't allowed, but they have to. Like there's so much murky yuckiness. It's confusing. It's, it's very confusing. Even no for sex workers, let alone for mm. clients. Yeah, and, I mean, it applies to a lot of different industries as well, of course, but, you know, the sex industry is always confusing to start with, so, you know, it's just a whole other kind of level of, of mess. So yeah. I think um, it's really important to check what people are offering because, um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, there are a lot of people who do in-person work who aren't comfortable doing online work, and I, it's really hard for them in this time when they're not allowed mm. to do their job and they're receiving messages saying, hey, babe, can I pay you for this? Hey, can we do a video call? And, you know, and they've gone and they have to keep saying no and they have to keep turning away money at a time when they're struggling to pay the rent oh I'd be crying you know it's really quite yeah it's quite upsetting so as you yeah as you said always do your research and on the flip side of that I'm I'm personally struggling and it's a bit of a poor me moment but I'm getting so many messages asking me when I'm going to be back at work asking for bookings and it's so hard and it's and I don't I don't have any ill will towards any individual because no one's sort of harassing me but when you combine all the messages we get from people it feels depressing yeah and I'm sitting here going you know what I would love for you to pay hundreds of dollars to come and see me I would love that that would be really really nice for my bank account right now (sighs) you know and it just sort of adds insult to injury so you know yeah I'm I'm like what's giving you the idea that I'm working right now you know but uh, yeah but some people are and and that's cool so I think definitely do your research on what people are offering yeah find Um, out what you can before you contact someone and maybe you won't be able hmm. to find much and then you have to ask and if you get it wrong maybe that maybe that doesn't mean you're a terrible person that you had to ask but maybe it's worth checking their website and their twitter first having a bit of a scroll through seeing whether they're active for starters and secondly whether they're talking about whether they're working or not whether they're posting links to content or services Mm -hmm. that they're offering so you know what they're into Mm. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. I mean, do the research and and sure you you know not everyone uh has a flashy website that has all the information updated every day. Like so mm-hmm. y- you're right, you may not be able to find the information you need, and in that case there is no harm in asking politely, asking. of course. Yeah. I haven't updated my website since the pandemic started because I've just been in this like brain fog of what the fuck is happening I to the think world. Lo- yeah, I think a lot of us are like that. I put up a notice that said I wasn't going to be working and then just haven't really gone back to it <laughs> like yeah yeah it's just been it's, really hard mm, really really really, really overwhelming yeah. so I um, think that yes and and also just not pressuring people into doing you know I've seen a lot of comments like oh well just get OnlyFans oh just sell porn then and you'll be fine but what people don't realize fine. is that online services you don't make as much money no. as in person particularly if you're working as an independent escort depending on mm. where your price range is and everyone's mm-hmm. different right mm-hmm. but uh but online the rates are much much lower than in person oh, yeah. right generally absolutely so it's still a struggle to make a living even and if the you do is- just go and get an OnlyFans. 
Yeah, and the market is even more oversaturated. And if you're jumping into the world of online sex work right now, when half the world is jumping into that, mm-hmm. a lot of competition. Um, so much competition, and so hard to kind of get your start. I think it's tough because I'm sure uh, you know. I imagine it's a bit of a 99% one percent situation where you know there are the the cameras who are raking it in, but they are so far in the minority. You know, there's a handful of mm-hmm. them that are doing really, really well, and everyone else is getting a bit of money here and there yeah yeah realistically and, and often they've been around for a long time and been working yes. on their fan base for a long time exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and may not so, you know also have kids they've got to look after or a, a civvy job or what you know oh yeah so many other sort of factors absolutely trying to fit things in around all your other stuff or managing mm. your mental health mm. at this time as well I know that's mm-hmm. a challenge for me getting super depressed every two or three days and obviously mm. nothing productive is going to happen then except the- for a lot of drinking <laughs> it is the up and down isn't it it's really right. tough to manage I've, so yeah Oh, sorry. No, no. I'm just having a bit of a whinge. Go for it. Uh, this, that's what this podcast is for. I Woo! think it's my whinge outlet. Brilliant. So I was going to ask, like, you, you, we just mentioned OnlyFans too, and mm. I earlier mentioned Pornhub, mm. um, which is actually just a porn site. That's not an online services thing. And Chatterbait, which is where you can go to see cam models. Mm. So we've mentioned just offhand a few little platforms and things that are online. Yep. And I know you have some opinions. I do. About so if, if we're thinking about platforms or if you type in, you know, uh, sex services online and all these mm. third-party sites like OnlyFans and Chatterbait and shit like that come up, what's your thought on these platforms and are there any that you would uh, recommend avoiding or would you recommend going straight to the worker? Like what's your mm. what's the approach? I, I do think uh, for the client the best approach is to go through the worker and if they've uh, mentioned which their preferred platform is, I think it's a really great idea to go for that platform. Because usually they'll have picked that based on uh, that it works for them in terms of their best cut of income and exactly. All that sort of stuff. It, it can be a really. I think a lot of people don't realise that these sites take anywhere from uh, you know twenty or maybe ten, fifteen to forty percent of a cut. So if somebody's saying please Fuck. go to this site, it, it could be that that site's only taking twenty percent of the cut. Where Whereas the other site's taking forty, so Big if, if you want massively, if so, if you want your what you're paying to go to the content creator more so than the the site, then definitely uh, look to where they've directed you. Mm. Um, there's also so yeah, look, I've been quite vocal about my dislike of OnlyFans. Tell um, us about OnlyFans because <laughs> I, I know what it is, but a lot of people mm. might never have heard of this. Sure. So it's probably I like to call it the uh, the Tupperware or the Kleenex of the adult subscription site because it's sort of I would say it's it's the real it's the one that everyone if you know about online content you know about OnlyFans. Okay, um, it's the generic. So it's the yeah, it's the one. It's been around for a while, um, and it's just it, they've got a good kind of uh, oh, what's the word. Well, a referral system. So it means that when you refer somebody, you get a benefit out of that financially. So it's it's, it's grown really well. Um, and so it's basically the, the model is a subscription model where you sign up, you pay a certain amount for a month or you may pay mm-hmm. ongoing per month and you have access to all of that person's content that they've put up there. Right. So performers can start their own little um, hmm. pages or areas and then and then charge a subscription fee for people yes. to access all that content and it's all hosted on OnlyFans. Exactly, yeah. So um, the, the pro of, of using OnlyFans is that it is the most popular site. So there's a, a 
lot of you're getting a lot of internal and external traffic. So that's uh, that's why people are still using it. The cons are many. Um, well, I mean, I never got through the sign up process. They found out I was a sex worker, and then they said, there you "Fuck go. off!" Basically, it's like it's it's literally for online sex work. How can you not allow <laughs> sex workers? But that's just it because it isn't. I mean, OnlyFans start. See, when I was doing my uh, my influencer days. That's what OnlyFans was for. It was for people creating. Uh, it was more like a Patreon kind of vibe. It was Shit. for people creating um, content in public spaces who then wanted to have a uh, an OnlyFans space where right. their premium content was. And a, a lot of this became more and more popular when YouTube started putting all these crazy restrictions on what could have advertising and blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Um, and so obviously, yes, a lot of people had started putting nude content on there and graphic content, and that's obviously we know that sex sells, so it took off. Wow. And, but it's never, you know, their terms and conditions have always been anti-sex work, which to be fair in uh, is mostly a result of MasterCard and Visa and payment platforms not being okay with sex work. Yeah, so in America a lot mm. of the banks pressure, um, a lot of banks and credit providers pressure um, everyone to to not give service to sex work sex workers even if it's legal because porn is legal mm. in America but mm. but if you're a porn performer your bank account still gets fucking shut down which is mm. like so many kinds of bullshit I can't even get my head yeah. around it or um, yeah because uh, the majority of in person sex work in America is illegal uh, but even though we're doing it in a place where it is legal we can get shut down for that so yeah. Um, so, but on top of all of that, uh, there is just countless reports of people having their money stolen, people having their accounts shut down, clients who have signed up being signed up to people that they didn't know that they'd signed up to. So oh, extra my money's being, yeah. So th- there's a, uh, in my opinion, and I, you know, I really don't want them to sue me, but, um, from allegedly, what I can tell, inverted from what I can tell, it seems like it's, it's either intentional or unintentionally a bit of a scam. In my Sounds opinion. like a dumpster fire, man. It, I think it is, but you know, I, I don't. But as I said, it is about doing your research because if if you follow somebody and you want to support them and they have an OnlyFans and that's their preferred method, mm-hmm. then uh, you know I don't begrudge any individual earning money. So I think that you should absolutely support them in in doing that. Yeah. Um, but I do see a lot of workers will have an OnlyFans because it brings in so much traffic, but they'll also have a secondary site and that may be their preferred site. Ah, so maybe the way you could benefit benefit a worker most is if you if you see that they're on OnlyFans but they're also contactable via other means and offer other services to mm. to go to them and say, hey, what what do you prefer? Like I see mm. you've got an OnlyFans account but would you like to do something directly? Because then they get to keep all the cash too and don't exactly. have to give OnlyFans a cut. Yeah, definitely. Um, there are look. I'm just. I've only just started with Indie Bill, um, and I don't know much about. It. I've only just become verified. Mm. Um, but they seem to be the same thing. You can't talk about in person work on there, mm-hmm. and that's just a result of the payment processes. Um, yep. But that is looking to be very sex work friendly and very well that's set up. Cool. I don't. I, yeah, I haven't had much experience yet, but I'm. I'm excited about the possibility of that. Could be worth a look. Mm. Yeah. And then, okay. yeah, there's yeah, there's so many so many options out there, but definitely do your research and um, and and consider that OnlyFans isn't uh, the only option. That would yeah, be right. My, Tupperware, you don't need Tupperware. it necessarily. No, the stuff at Kmart's really good. Right. I, I, <laughs> I know IKEA is not the most ethical company, but I do. Mm. I still love them. 
and that's yeah, all I have to say. I mean, a lot of my kitchen is from IKEA. Oh my god! Yeah. But this yeah. is ma- massive tangent, but that's okay. Mm, mm. Like, who doesn't find Tupperware sexy? Um, oh, it's good. It's good stuff. And the way it clicks in. Mm, it's oh, good. oh, just stop. Mm. <laughs> um, so it kind of sounds like the the overwhelming advice here is find a person you're into, and then find out what works for them, and yeah. go with that. Don't, don't expect to find your favourite worker on your favourite platform because everyone gets to choose what suits them and what they think Exactly, is which is one it. of the things we love most about the sex industry. Right. We all do it our own way. Mm, yeah. I think um, and on, on that, in terms of uh, expecting a certain way of being able to do things, I, uh, I see a lot of pressure of clients wanting to pay a certain way and um, – Online payment for sex workers, as we've touched on. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on PayPal. It's an absolute nightmare. And there are so few ways that we can receive money online that guarantee both our anonymity and And that the funds aren't going to be stolen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I get clients all the, or potential clients all the time saying, oh, but can't I just pay on PayPal? And like, no, stop PayPal is sex the workers fucking worst. To use PayPal. You know, inverted commas, allegedly, allegedly, PayPal will take all your money if they find out that you're involved in anything sex or porn or adult related. Yep. Shut your account down and keep the money. I do not it. understand how that's I don't legal. understand how it's legal. It doesn't it make any sense. It must be because they're doing it. But exactly. Seriously, They've got to have hell. something written down, but it's not okay. So stop asking sex workers to use PayPal for one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Find out what's find out what your sex worker wants and mm. give that some some really serious consideration. I know a lot of mm. clients are um sometimes afraid of their with their privacy. They're yes. afraid to do a bank transfer in case their name comes up, all that sort of stuff. But honestly, um, your average sex worker does not care about your identity and nope. is, you know, you're, you're pretty, generally speaking, your privacy is going to be pretty safe with your worker. We're not, you know, we're not here to expose you. We're much more worried about our own privacy and security and safety. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only time you'd have to worry about uh, your privacy is if you've assaulted us, you know, if, yeah. if you've done something where you need to be held accountable. So if don't do that and you're fine. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, and I get people all the time, bloody Americans. Sorry, I've just offended your entire <laughs> American listener base. Uh, sorry, uh, allegedly Americans. <laughs> allegedly Americans. I'd love a, a hashtag, allegedly Americans. They're always, okay, oh, but what about Venmo? I'm like, we don't have Venmo oh, in Australia. What do you it's not like? Work. It's not that doesn't work. So yeah, my point is, uh, sex workers have done a lot of research into payment methods, and whatever they've chosen, um, they haven't it's taken for a that bloody decision good reason. Yeah, yeah. And they've really, I mean, I've worked so hard to make sure that the the way I accept payment is the best for me and the clients. Um, and I often have them suggesting other methods and I'm like, that's going to cost you even more than the one I suggested. Yeah. yeah I'm do- I'm on your side. Done the research yeah. in sex work. You know, I, the conversation comes up daily in our sort of sex work only spaces about how the hell do I accept payment online? All the time. And it's changing all the time. So we're staying yeah. up to date with the latest technological yeah. developments. And yeah. this kind of counts for everything to do with sex work. So, you know, it's it's our job to be the experts in this. So when you turn up in person or not or online and say, I think I want this kind of experience, it's our job to say, okay, here's what's possible. Mm. Here's how much it's going to cost you. Here are your options. Here's the best way we can do this. Here's what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not mm-hmm. comfortable with. And it's kind of the client's job to trust our 
trust yes. us, you know, because this is our professional knowledge and we're using it to help you and give you the best possible experience. Yeah. Just as you would in any other industry, you would. Yeah. Trust yeah. your professional. You don't turn up to your doctor and then start telling them how they should be treating you for the thing you're no. turning up to be treated for. You turn up, you tell them what you need, and then you let us let us help you by listening and by following the instructions. Mm. Or, or we direct you to somebody else who can help you better than we can. Yeah, if we can't. Yeah. And yeah. trusting that is really important. Whereas if you try and push for things that a worker doesn't want to do or mm. insist that you should they, they should do it your way when they've told you that this is the way they do it, um, it's, it's not going to work. Mm. No, and no one's going to have a good outcome out of that. No one's going to have a good time. You're better off if you're that incompatible and you really want to do um, online sex a particular way and the worker doesn't do it, you're better off going and finding someone else that does do it the way that you want. It never works to try and push someone into doing uh, something that they're not comfortable with. That was my ranty rant. No, it was good. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, actually, I was I was going to add on to that. You sort of mentioned pushing people for things they don't want to do and, and something I found, um, which is, is a thing that mm-hmm. everyone who has done in-person sex work has experienced and now that I've moved at the moment doing entirely online sex work, I've discovered is arguably even more of an issue in the online sphere is the blurring of the relationship mm-hmm. between client and provider. Um, <gasps> that happens online too. I, th- I would suggest perhaps even more so because. So this is feelings we're talking about. Like feelings it, and. Attachy feelings. Yeah, and, and contact outside of the allocated time, excessive contact. Ooh, out, yeah. Uh-huh. I think it's because, so in a face-to-face session, um, there's a clear delineation of when the session begins and when it ends, which is when you're in each other's company. And when you leave, you've left. And when you leave, it's over. And we we know that that doesn't mean that there aren't ongoing issues. But in the online sphere, you're texting to organise a sexting session. Um, So it's less clear when the sexting session begins and when it ends. Um, And I'm finding a lot of people are, say I've got something, say I've got a video call booked in for 5pm tonight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, last night they're saying, oh, I can't wait for tomorrow. I can't go to sleep. I'm so excited. Then in the morning they wake up, how are you? Are you excited about tonight? Then at lunchtime, oh, my God, I've held off having a wank because I can't wait to see you. And, And they're sending me all these messages and they haven't paid for that. Well, people don't realize they don't realize that that stuff those exchanges I can't wait to see Mm. you that's all part of the the emotional labor and the work and the experience of the actual booking yeah and I fully understand that that is for them that might part of the experience is the build-up I fully understand that and that's why a lot of people will offer chatting packages where you can actually pay for that and Um, get excited together and do all that stuff. exactly absolutely but um but but sending all those messages is is not something you've paid for, um, and and on top of that, expecting us to respond and being upset when we don't respond because we have lives too. We do, and we I've scheduled you in at five o'clock, and that's when I'm going to see you, and I'm going to give you my complete undivided attention at mm. that time, 
which means that I can't at other times because I'm giving other people my undivided attention at other times. I try and teach clients to um, to sort of code switch a bit. Like, you know, when mm. you're setting up the booking, you're in professional mode. You know, your sex worker is a professional. You're contacting them like any other professional. Hey, can we set mm-hmm. up for this time, that time? It'll be great to see you. Keep it formal. And then when you move into session mode, when the timer hits go, then you're like, oh, my God, you're so fucking sexy and you can get really personal and it becomes yeah. relationship or emotional yeah, or romantic yeah. but once that time is over you need to code switch straight back to that professional relationship and I think for yeah. a lot of people it's really hard when we're doing sexy stuff to switch hmm. out of sexy headspace back into oh no this is a professional relationship headspace but if you want to yeah. if you want to stay on good terms with your sex worker you need to master that skill it's really important or you're going to drive them up the fucking wall and they'll dump absolutely you. well that's it and I think we, we understand we have empathy we understand that it is a tricky thing to navigate it's very tricky um, no one teaches us how to do this stuff. No way. But as you said, uh, it's not going to end well. If you're if you're pushing that, you're not going to get the best outcome out yeah. of it anyway. You, often you lose it or it gets weird. Um, so yeah. it's really important to know how to compartmentalise, you know. Mm. Yeah. Oh, this got deep. Oh, deep. So good. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I have like just one last question before yes. we wrap up. And just mm-hmm. like super basic, like if there are people out there who have never seen a sex worker before but who are feeling really lonely or really horny or both and just want to connect with someone, what's your entry level like basic advice that you'd give to them if they're just starting of even thinking of looking for a sex worker online? That is such a difficult question, Georgie. Sorry. <laughs> just, you know, just a quick question. <laughs> just an easy one to wrap things up <laughs> <laughs> just really basic advice basic starting advice first thing you should do first thing you need to know I, I honestly don't know what to say um I'm I'm so far in like yeah. I'm do you know what I mean I'm surrounded by it I don't know what right? it's like to not be I mean you're listening to this podcast so that's a bloody brilliant start I think really good start um but yeah, look, I think social media is a great way, a great accessible way to, mm-hmm. to hook into it is to, um, to jump. I mean, Twitter's where there's a lot of the sex industry. Yeah. Um, Instagram as well, but Instagram doesn't like the nip, doesn't like the female nip, I should Instagram say. Instagram will also ban sex workers if they find yeah. out they're, they're sex workers. I know this because my account was banned, uh, allegedly. <laughs> Fuck you, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. continue on. No, no, I yeah, fully <laughs> endorsing that message. Um but yeah, jumping onto social media is a good place to start. Um as we mentioned those uh some of the websites Trist now off now suggesting well, oh, what's the word? They've they've got options for online yeah. services. So you can search websites like Trist or Lacanto and mm. find people that offer online services and then maybe mm. find their social media accounts and do a bit more research. Yeah, I think one great thing about online work is that you are not relegated to just workers who are based near you. Mm-hmm. So you can you've kind of got workers across the world at your fingertips. It does mean a bit more complication in terms of time zones and payments payment. and stuff. Yeah, but uh, you know that kind of opens things up. On the flip side, something I've discovered is that I've had quite a lot of clients that I've maybe had fifteen minute or half hour uh, video calls with. And they weren't actually, they're not clients that I've met in person before. They were people that either had bookings for my upcoming tours, which were then cancelled, or mm. they um, they were planning on seeing me in the future. And it has been such a brilliant way of us 
doing basically foreplay because yes. now I know when I do see the, those clients in future, we're going to be like, bam, straight into it because yeah. we've already, we already know each other a little bit. We have an idea of what makes each other tick. You've got that we've connection. Got a bit of a rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting so that I, rapport happening is so important. And sometimes mm. it takes quite a long time in person to get it there. Yes. You know, that's a few drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that so that's actually a really valuable way of 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 looking at it. If you're somebody who's uh, wanting to take the leap into doing into seeing a sex worker face to face, but that's I understand can be quite intimidating. My you know my husband's seen a few sex workers, and I've seen him go through that process, and I you know mm. I get that it's it can be really scary. Meeting someone um, in person can be freaky as so yeah, maybe chatting yeah. to them chatting to them online first is a really a really good and less expensive way to go. Yeah, I think it's a really great way to test out if you have a bit of rapport uh, and then, yeah, you so could, I would like, suggest it. People could like test run like dozens of escorts online mm-hmm. and, then, Absolutely. and then think about who they want to see when the pandemic shit. Exactly. Oh, great. Which I think is something people try to do by sending out high text messages to everyone. Um, but the way you're going to succeed in doing that is paying for 15 minutes of their time. Yeah, and you've got to pay because we're all struggling at the moment and some mm. people are really struggling and we just, you know, we we can't have chats with everyone that sends us a, a DM or like I wanted no. to say slides into our DMs, but damn it, I missed that opportunity. <laughs> I'm not one of the cool kids. Um, but like, you know, we, we've got a lot of shit going on and a lot of us are struggling and, um, and we do need to be paid for our time and that includes our chatty chatting time and getting to know your time so if you want to get to know someone say yeah can I pay you for 15 minutes um a lot of people would be super receptive I suspect definitely I think yeah yeah it's definitely worth worth a shot for sure and speaking of people struggling for money can I take an opportunity to do a little plug for the uh the Scarlet Alliance fundraiser please do um yeah so it's on chuffed c-h-u-f-f-e-d um and it's a fundraiser for to raise money for sex workers who are ineligible to receive government assistance. Support. So people who are doing it, yeah, really hard in these times. A lot of them uh, are migrant workers, mm. and they're just they're, they're not able to work, and they and they can't get anything from the government. So um, if you have any spare change, I know it's tough times for all of us. Then uh, I'd love it if you chucked some in there. We want sex workers to be around for everyone when this stuff is over. And the way yeah. that the way we need to do that is by looking after ourselves and by encouraging other people to to utilize our services online if they're there, but also just to support people who are struggling. Um, because you know, it, you know, just like the sex industry, if we don't support each other and if we don't support the people we want to stick around, they won't. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Simple as that. You're a bloody legend. Like, no, uh, thanks so much for talking are. about this stuff. <laughs> Thank you for for giving me the platform and and just yeah, being another person who who talks about the shit we've got to talk about. It's this is good stuff to know, and I just really hope that some people that listen to this that have never seen a sex worker before in their lives but are feeling super lonely mm. will go online and find that perfect person that's just going to make them fucking lose their shit because. <laughs> There's someone out there for everyone, and yeah. uh, you know. And if, uh, if investing in your sexual pleasure or in your sanity um, is something you need to do, for God's sake, go do it. It's fucking awesome. That's my yeah. second rant for the podcast. <laughs> no, definitely, and it's so much better than alternative ways of 
of releasing your frustration or, you know. Well, it's better than swiping on Tinder and then sadly talking to like 10 people but mm. never meeting any of them because yeah. we can't. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. What's the point? Yeah. So for, uh, like that doesn't, it's, it's really sad and depressing. So like, you know, maybe this is an option for some people and I'm going to put um, links to your stuff um, in oh, the thanks. description for this podcast so people can find you um, if you want to read um, a bit more of Jenna's work or watch some of her stuff it's all really useful and it's a great way to get to know the sex industry a bit more and really fun and I'll also put the link to the Scarlet Alliance um, fundraiser in there too awesome. in case anyone feels like supporting sex workers that are having a rough time at the moment because it is really a really big deal um, and mm. you know yeah we need to look after our sex industry because this shit is important and people need it well, I hope that one day I can come and see your quaint mountain town in person. <laughs> yes, come see my quaint mountain town. Oh, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks again for talking. It's just been great. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. If you want to learn more about this stuff, check out my book. The website is artofthehookup.com. Please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it. Spread the word as well as the love and let's make the world of hookups a better place. <laughs>